0: And so we pray together that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. So in this time, this day of Pentecost, this period of Pentecost, we're still thinking about the movement of of God, and that was part of the, the bubbles. Things are on the move, Uh, There's the breath, there's the wind of the Spirit. It links back to Easter and to the ascension, Jesus uh, being taken from his disciples. But he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And these are the readings that we've had today, especially the book of Acts, the story in the book of Acts. And you might have thought, hmm, where does that Old Testament reading fit in? Uh, This business of uh, Moses going up the mountain, we sang about going up uh, the mountain. Well, in the Jewish story, in the story of the people of Israel, you've got great festivals. You've got times of celebration. And one of the very important festivals uh, was the festival of the Passover. And this went back to when the people of Israel had been slaves in Egypt and God rescued them and took them out and judged the people who had been oppressing them who had uh, been uh, on top of their backs. And they remembered that as the Feast of the Passover because God judged uh, the people who had oppressed them, but he passed over them and actually liberated them. So this was the Feast of the Passover. And our Christian equivalent of that is the Festival of Easter uh, because uh, Jesus celebrated with his disciples a Passover meal, didn't he? And then uh, you have his death and resurrection. This is the Easter celebration that we had and always have in our Christian year. But the Jewish people had another time as well, uh, several other times, but another important one uh, was the law being given on the holy mountain and how to celebrate that. And uh, we were thinking about Moses uh, up the mountain and how God came down on the mountain, with lots of things happening. That's the reading that Lee brought to us. There was thunder and lightning, and there was fire that came down, and there was a cloud. And all of this was very dramatic, and uh, God gave the law to uh, the people through Moses. So this was celebrated also. This was celebrated 50 days after the Passover, and it was the Feast of Pentecost in the Jewish story, because it was 50. The Pentagon and all those words to do with five. Uh, so 50 days after, for the Jewish people, you have another celebration, and they would bring the first fruits of the harvest, just uh, an offering to God to say, thank you for what you've done in giving us the law. And again, this is a Christian festival. That's what we're celebrating today. It's 50 days after Easter, or 49 days, actually, uh, and in this feast of Pentecost, uh, we're remembering that God has given us another gift. He gave the people of Israel the law. He's given us the gift of his Spirit. So Pentecost or sometimes Whitsun. You, you know this other term that's sometimes used? Whitsun or White Sunday. Whit Sunday, uh, White Sunday. So why White Sunday? Interesting thought. Well, on the day of Pentecost... Peter spoke, and we're going to think uh, about some of the things he said, and then after he spoke, there was a huge impact on the crowd that he spoke to, and a whole massive crowd of people wanted to be baptized, wanted to join the Christian movement, 3,000 people it says. So they were baptized, so Pentecost is a baptismal event as well. We're not baptizing anybody today, but some other Pentecost, I'm sure we will be, and um, this is the white bit, because people dressed in white when they were being baptized. And uh, here's something from a church that Janice and I were part of for some years when we lived in Prague, uh, the international church uh, there, and I was helping to lead this church, and we just wanted to kind of say, we can still do this, we can still dress in white. Uh, And uh, so here's a baptism, uh, Pentecost white Sunday uh, baptism taking place. We went to a Uh, a local swimming pool. This is the pool. And uh, people stood around, and it was a celebration. So this is Pentecost. This is Whitsun, White Sunday. Now I'm going to take you to the Venerable Bede. Let's uh, go to the Venerable Bede. And did any of you see the program on Friday about uh, the story of Britain and the development of Britain? No, you were no doubt doing far better things than watching television. Um, Anyway, this was uh, the first of a series, and uh, it's talking about how did the country develop, how did the identity develop, and uh, a chunk of that program uh, was about the Venerable Bede and his book, uh, which was about uh, the church and its story, but also about how England was developing an identity and a language. So he's a very important guy. He wasn't always venerable, you know. Some of us who are venerable were young once, and he was also young once. But um, but later he became known as the venerable because uh, he was so uh, old and venerated in the sixth and seventh and eighth uh, sorry seventh and eighth century. But he said this: the venerable be talking about this uh, that we're talking about today. He said, on that occasion, back in the Old Testament. Uh, Here the fire came down upon a mountain. But now, in the coming of the Spirit, the grace of the Holy Spirit is not just coming on a mountain, but in these tongues of fire coming down, resting on each one of them. That's really significant. These people were waiting to see what was going to happen. And I don't think anybody had thought this would happen. Uh, But the Holy Spirit comes down on each one of them. Uh, in the appearance of fire, as tongues of fire. But there's a difference, isn't there, between those two things? That fire coming down on the mountain, who was there on the mountain? One person, yeah, at the top of the mountain, Moses. And all the other people were told, you can't come up. It's, this is a holy place, you've got to stay down there. So that's what happened in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, as we read this record in Acts, it very, very clearly emphasizes everybody's involved. Nobody is left out. The reading really itemizes this. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. They were all there. They were all filled with the Spirit. The sons and daughters, the young men, the old men, the servants, all of them. Are filled with the Spirit. So, this is where we are today in Camborne Church. This is an empowering, a movement, a wind of the Spirit that every one of us can be affected by if we're open uh, to what God is wanting to do in our lives. And I think that's really, really exciting and very, very important. So, there is the fire. There is something that may have been dead and lifeless, but it comes alive, just like a fire brings things uh, to life. One of the churches that I was in at one time, as a member of the church, I discovered that in the leadership, this was a Baptist church, and uh, some of you probably don't know the terminology, but the leaders in the church alongside the minister are often called deacons. And I discovered that one of these deacons was called the fire deacon. And I thought, wow, that's something, isn't it? They're, they're ready for the fire of the Spirit to come, and they've got somebody ready to just say, hey, the Spirit has come, the fire has come, and this is the fire deacon. But sadly, I found out it was just the person who was responsible if there was an actual fire uh, for getting people out of the building. Um, a bit disappointing, but the, the idea has never left me uh, that there could be somebody who just discerns what's going on and says, this is what the Spirit is doing in our church, the fire deacon. So, any volunteers, see me afterwards. Um, But Bede, when he talks about this, the Venerable Bede, also says this offering at uh, the time of Pentecost that the Jewish people made, it was an offering of things. It was an offering of the first fruits of the harvest. But he said, there's more to it when it comes to Pentecost. There are things we can offer, but actually we're offering ourselves. And that's the harvest that is coming. It's a harvest of people coming to God, being offered to Him. And this, again, is such a kind of privilege, but also a challenge to us, isn't it, uh, here today, to think about that picture of the church as a new community, the first fruits of the redeemed of all the earth. And also that idea of first fruits and maybe the fifty years. There was a, a fifty years of Jubilee uh, that God said uh, there should be freedom for people after fifty years. So this fifty years is also saying there's something bigger that God is is going to do. This Jubilee, this rejoicing, this setting free. And the first fruits is you know not a big group of us here in in Camborne, but probably the same kind of size of group that was there at the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came. And they were first fruits. They were a smallish group. But the effects of that have been enormous, have been huge beyond description throughout the centuries and throughout the world. So the Spirit poured out and the gospel being proclaimed, the good news being proclaimed And did you notice the different languages that were there and uh, the different places that people came from, from Egypt, uh, the reading uh, says, in between the two parts that we read, from Cappadocia, from Mesopotamia, from uh, Crete, Pamphylia, uh, from Libya. Different people, different languages. And as the people that were there, this group of people just like us, began to speak and to say this is what we think is happening, those other people began to hear it in their own language. It's an amazing thing. Later in the New Testament, we can read about Paul talking about praying and worshiping in tongues, in uh, particularly Corinthians he speaks about this, but this was a kind of event of communication. This was people hearing these words being spoken in their own language. So that is where we come to as we think about uh, us today in Camborne. God is here by his Spirit. He's here all the time, but on the day of Pentecost, uh, we are particularly thinking about the Spirit and about how God makes his presence known and real. Uh, Rowan Williams talks about how the Christian community can make God believable to show that He is real, He is with us, His Spirit is with us. And in the story of the church, there's not just the day of Pentecost, but other times when people have said something special has happened. The Spirit came very close to us in our church services, in our community. It's happened throughout uh, history, and I've looked at some of this. Um, uh, as, As I've Looked at images of Pentecost and read stories about things that have happened in churches, very much like us in Camborne. Some of you may know Ridley Hall in Cambridge. It's a place where people thinking about Anglican ministry uh, will go to uh, be trained. And the person who set this up, uh, this Ridley Hall, Handley Mool, he describes uh, an experience that he had as a teenager and he said, in our church community, when I was a teenager, uh, something special happened. He talks about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, being poured out on their community where he lived. And he said, the pastor and the pastoress, this was actually his mom and dad. Uh, his dad was an Anglican vicar, and so he said, the pastor and the pastoress went all around the community, all around the village, talking to people and people were coming into the church. uh, And he said, so many lives were changed. Hundreds of people were changed just in that period of time, in that one community. So that's the kind of thing we can read about. Or I actually uh, looked at um, another experience in Norfolk, and uh, this is a church where you might think, Things are just going to carry on much the same, you know, year after year. It doesn't look much like a kind of revival scene, does it? Um, But actually here, uh, a woman preacher came and preached. And in this record in Acts, it talks about how the women and the men are going to prophesy. And uh, this woman came, Geraldine Hooper, and uh, she preached. And the rector of the parish, William Haslam, uh, talked about it was like kindling a fresh flame, he said, in our parish. They couldn't get everybody into the church, they had to have meetings outside so that people could hear uh, what Geraldine was saying. It was like a flame that just burst up within the community. Or I looked at my own hometown, where I was born in Wick, in the north of Scotland, and about an experience there in the Presbyterian church. And the minister talked about how the Holy Spirit came on this Presbyterian congregation and especially on the young people in the congregation and the children in the congregation. And he said it started with about a dozen boys holding a prayer meeting in their school. Uh, and then it began to grow and bigger prayer meetings were, her, were held. And he said the important thing to know about this was that it wasn't organized by the adults. It was a spontaneous thing amongst uh, the children and young people. So, we can read about this, and we can read about the deep work of the Holy Spirit. I really think this is important for every one of us. And sometimes we think about people who are strong people, and we think, they can do anything. If only I was like them. But actually, we all need the Spirit, and even the strongest Christians talk about how they need this work of the Spirit in their lives. Um, Martin Luther King, Jr., very strong man, a man who changed the face of America through the civil rights movement in the 1960s before his assassination. But he talked about how, in one experience in his life, he said he felt, I'm at the end of my powers. I've got nothing left. He said he was getting more than Forty phone calls a day, abusive phone calls, threatening his family, threatening his life, threatening to blow up his house, through the night as well as through the day. And he said, Lord, in prayer, he said, I just I just can't go on. I'm losing my courage. I'm faltering. And he said, at that moment, I felt an inner voice, the voice of the Spirit, saying to him, Stand up, stand up for justice and stand up for truth. And I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. So it's not about, you know, how brave we are, how strong we are in ourselves. It's about being open to what the Spirit wants to do. This was really quite an ordinary group of people at that first Pentecost. But the Spirit came upon them. Martin Luther King Jr., but another example, not somebody we even know the name of, a child, but similarly afraid, as was Martin Luther King Jr., similarly afraid in the night. And this child went to her mother, and her mother said, you don't need to be afraid in the night, in the dark. God's here with you, in your room. And this girl said, I know that God is here, I believe God's here, but I need someone who has got some skin on. And that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Uh, And that might make us feel, the Spirit doesn't have skin. So where do we go from there? Jesus had skin, but he's not with us. The Spirit doesn't have skin. But the Spirit does have a body, and the body is the body of Christ, and that's who We are. If we're filled with the Spirit, and there's no reason why any of us should not receive again and again the fullness of the Spirit, and then we are the skin. We are the people who are doing God's work. And Teresa of Avila in the 16th century said this Christ has nobody now but yours. But yours. But yours and mine. No hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion must look out on the world. Yours are the feet with which He, Christ, is to go about doing good. And yours are the hands with which He is to bless now. So the Spirit has come, the Spirit comes, and. Indwells our community, every single one of us, so that we, as we receive the Spirit and His enabling, His energy, so we might be people who can bless others also. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.